Nice guys suffer because they're out of integrity. Why? Because a nice guy is fraudulently nice. See, nice guys are only nice because they have this deep internal desire to be liked and accepted by everyone. And as a result, they have no internal locus of control, no North Star. They have no self-esteem. Instead, they created a belief system that says I'm unlovable and unacceptable just the way that I am. So they start thinking, way for me to get liked by other people is to morph into what I think other people want. And so the nice guy creates this core belief that says, if I meet everyone else's needs without me asking, then they will meet my needs without me asking, and then I'll have a problem-free, smooth life. But unfortunately, this behavior only lands nice guys into things like the friend zone, playing small and never reaching their full potential. And the reason is because they are, in fact, out of integrity. Now, the problem is that most men don't understand what true integrity is, what it means, and how to practice it. Today, I want to talk about integrity and why it should be the number one thing if you're a recovering nice guy that you should focus on in order to recover from the nice guy syndrome and become a fully integrated man. But before I do, please ring the bell and like. And if you're not already a subscriber, I would love it if you became one. Best of all, the subscription is absolutely free. All right, so let's talk about integrity. When I ask guys to define integrity, they tend to answer with things like, well, it's about being honest or, or doing what you say you're going to do. And that is indeed part of integrity, but I think it's much more. It's not one thing. Integrity is a lot of things. In fact, the word intra means an integration of many things. Aristotle said the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. In other words, integrity is an integration of the sum total of your personal values or what they used to call in the olden days, virtues. So integrity isn't just one thing. It's a lot of things that make up and function together to create an outcome. For example, a watch, it's made up of all kinds of springs and sprockets and tiny little parts. And when they're all working together, the watch serves its purpose, which is to tell time. But if you take one little sprocket and you bend one of the little tooth just slightly, the entire watch stops doing its primary function. The watch is out of integrity. And when we're out of integrity, it can be just one small little thing that keeps us from serving our primary purpose. Now, what is your primary purpose? Everyone's primary purpose is to love through service of the self and to others. I love myself so much that I stay in integrity. Jocko Wilkins, who once said, discipline is freedom. And I believe discipline is part of integrity because I believe what sets us free is living a life of integrity. And when I'm not loving myself through discipline, I'm no longer free, but I'm also stuck and I can't serve my primary purpose. This is what my new book, Finding Your Way Without Losing Yourself, The Path of Integrity, it's all about. The book, I outlined 16 virtues of integrity. Now, there are probably more than 16, but I've identified 16, and I think that's a good place to start. And I'm not going to list all 16 virtues right here. Instead, I'm going to put them into the description because I think listing them here would be a little bit boring. But the point is that when we're following a path, a system, and we understand that we're implementing integrity into our lives, we stand a better chance of not just surviving in life, but thriving. Now, here's the thing about integrity. You're never fully in it. We're always being pulled away from integrity by our nature, our ego. 
Now, our nature is a powerful adversary, and this is why we need something strong enough to withstand the blow of the temptation to take the easy way out. Now, you might think that the counterbalance to the ego is through will, but there's something more than just that. Because if you've ever tried to start an exercise program or learn a new skill or sit down to write a book, you're going to know that you're only going to get so far with will. Instead, we need a power that is greater than our ego, stronger than our will, in order to push us back into the alignment of integrity. And this is where our spirit comes into play. Now, I believe that the spirit is the true self. It's the divine spark inside of you. It's the part of you that connects with what Carl Jung called the collective consciousness. It's what members of AA call the power greater than themselves, or religious folks will call God, or physicists will call science. You can call it whatever you want, but every ancient teaching refers to this internal compass that guides us when we tune into it. Therefore, integrity is ultimately a spiritual act, and every spiritual act is an act of love. Why? Because love is not natural. Instead, nature would be to be selfish, to hoard toilet paper in the middle of a pandemic, to eat a full bag of potato chips, and to be stingy. Love is the opposite of our nature because it requires us to think and act towards others. Now, some would say God is love, and if this is true, the opposite is also true. Love is God. So call it what you will, but when we act in integrity, when we act in accordance with the spiritual laws of the universe, we are acting in love. If we don't know how to tap into that source, then we're always going to be acting out of ego. So how do you do this? How do you get back into integrity? The easiest way that I found is to tap into my heart. Now think about this for a second. How much time do you spend in your head thinking, problem-solving, ruminating, worrying about the future, feeling hopeless, directionless? Now, when we're in our heads, we're suffering because the thoughts of the ego are the nature. And being in your head, it's the root of all suffering. In fact, there's no greater hell than to be in your mind. I've spent too much time in there to know this to be true. If you spend time in the resource of your ego, thinking about yourself, you will only suffer. And we suffer, as Byron Katie says, when we argue with reality. Now, this is especially true when it comes with our partners. We will say things like, they should do X, Y, Z, or they shouldn't do X, Y, Z. And when I'm up in my head and I'm focusing on what others are doing, I'm in my ego, not in my spirit, and I'm suffering through the ruminations. Now, the heart is the center of your being. This is the part of you that's both physically and, and metaphorically the center of your body. And there's something to this because most cultures, ancient teachings, even science shows that the heart is the energy. This is where we connect with something greater than ourselves. And we generally feel better when we do this. Think about a time when you help someone. How did it feel? How did it feel in your heart? Probably felt good. How does that compare when you're ruminating about a problem that you can't solve? So if you want to walk in, in integrity, you have to connect with your heart and the love that is greater than yourself. Now, in the concept of masculine and feminine energy, the masculine does, and as such, the masculine loves. We are both masculine and feminine energy. 
And when I'm in my masculine, that's when I'm loving. That's when we're giving and I'm penetrating the world with my gift. Now, the feminine receives love. Why? Because the purpose of the feminine is to create. And she can't create unless she's fueled with love. Now, it's a flow. The masculine loves, fills the feminine, giving her energy to create. And again, we're both masculine and feminine energies. We need both of these things. Inside us is the feminine desire to consume. And inside us is the desire to do. That's the masculine. But if I'm always in my masculine and I'm constantly giving to the feminine, what will happen is the well of love will run dry. And pretty soon I'll start thinking, when is my turn? How come I am the one who always has to initiate? Why am I the only one who does everything right? It's when we're pouring love into others and we're not refueling and filling ourselves that our cup starts to get empty and the ego takes over. And this is usually when we get a case of what I call the fuck it's. Fuck it, I'll take a drink. Fuck it, I'll eat the whole pizza. Fuck it, I'm going to go shopping. Fuck it, I'm going to go look at porn. Fuck, I'll play the lottery. You can't pour from an empty cup. So we have to connect with the source of love in order to fill our cups. And this requires that we put ourselves in a state of vulnerability. And we ask for and receive love from the masculine, the ultimate source of love. Now, one way we can do this is through brotherhood. As men, we need other men to be in brotherhood with. A band of brothers, like-minded warriors who will love you with their masculine heart. Now, for as long as man has existed, he's needed his brothers to have his back, to be able to listen with intent and to counsel around the circle of fire. This fills us. We feel energized and we feel like we can go back into the battle. But we can also connect with the ultimate source of love, the higher self, the higher part of love. Now, how do we do this? The same way that men who came before us did, through contemplative, meditative, conscious connection through prayer. To sit and to let love restore you, to move you into alignment. Now, think about a time when you were in nature and you're gazing up at the stars and you're realizing that these are the same stars that for 100 generations before you, they also saw. Doesn't that feel powerful? Doesn't that light you up? I know it does me. And it's at these times when I'm deeply vulnerable with my brothers or vulnerable with the ultimate source of love, call it what you will, that I begin to hold compassion, love, and understanding and ultimately, it feels like pure bliss because it's so healing to the soul. And if you've never experienced this, deep brotherly love, the connection with other men, or the connection with the higher masculine, you're truly missing out on the part of life that is unmistakably spiritual. Now, when I sit in my morning meditation, there are times that I am overwhelmed with bliss. I feel so much love. I feel connected. I feel re-energized. I feel like I'm taking care of myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and that I'm really more alive than at any other time. And as men, we need to be refueling our tanks with love so that we can give from love with abundance. And the act of the spirit is the only thing strong enough to override the ego. And when we walk in integrity, when we are spiritually awakened to what it means to be alive, then we also walk in freedom because love is always freedom. And freedom 
is what the masculine craves. If what you're doing isn't an act of love, then you are trapped in the confines of the ego and ultimately you're going to suffer because you're only able to think about yourself. And the ego holds you hostage and keeps you playing small and you're like Gollum with his little gold ring. And we're basically impotent to the world. Now, if you like this video, I think you might like the book that I have coming out March 1st. It's called Finding Your Way Without Losing Yourself, The Path of Integrity. And I go into this concept a little more deeper and the concept of integrity, what it is. And again, I talk about the 16 virtues of integrity. And you can go to Chuck Chapman slash forward slash book to find out more and how you can order a copy. I'll also put a link in the description. And I want to tell you about another video I did a while back. It's called Are You Impatient? Patience is Masculine Energy and Few Men Achieve It. Because patience is also a virtue. It's one of the 16 virtues of integrity. So check it out. I'll put a link down here. Thanks again so much, and I'll see you next time.